And welcome in to episode 18, I believe, of the Grind On Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside the Ben Metz right over here. And, uh, you know, been a, a little hiatus. I feel like we've been doing that a little bit here lately. But you know what? Uh, we kind of got that daytime grind going. And uh, really, life is coming at us at about 100 mile an hour right now. So uh, really just uh, just trying to get in where we fit in. And uh, right now, uh, today was the best day to fit in. So, uh, Ben, how you doing, man? Looks like you're in a uh, you're in a new location, a little little sunspot there at your house. Yeah, I've got the uh, the orange glow going uh, for all the Tennessee teams that are in the playoffs right now. And uh, um, so, yeah, I'm out here on the on the deck. Got back from the beach uh, with the family. Uh, just happy to be back on the show with you, buddy. Well, you know, uh, I continue to talk about the growth that the Grind on Sports has had over the last few weeks. Uh, last couple, you know, basically we've been launched this thing, the YouTube channel side of it for, I don't know, maybe, maybe three, three and a half months. And really the last month and a half, uh, really have taken off. I uh, appreciate anybody who's subscribing now or has told anybody and maybe they've subscribed. So I want to appreciate that. Uh, a lot of stuff to come here on the grind on sports. We're, we're hoping to add a little teaser here at a second day per week. Uh, for a little bit different spin on things, maybe a little bit more of the, uh, uh, I don't want to say the money line look at it, but uh, at least a uh, a pick segment, if you will. Uh, you know, maybe a little look at what's uh, what's hot to trot in this week's kind of matchups, but uh, we'll try to more to come on that one. Uh, but this week it's really, uh, it's postseason baseball, postseason softball time, uh, big time uh, representation by the University of Tennessee. Uh, Lady Vols, a little shout out quickly to them. Uh, made it to the Ladies College World Series. They're headed to Oklahoma State. Actually, I think landed today. And, uh, you know, <laughs> nowhere to run and hide when you play Southeastern Conference Athletics. Uh, they go all the way to Oklahoma State to play the Crimson Tide of Alabama. So, uh, wish them the best of luck. Ninth or eighth appearance uh, in the College World Series for the Lady Vols. And uh, the first one in a few years. Uh, first one under uh, the solo head coach, Karen Weekly, so uh, wish them the best moving forward. Yeah, they got a tough task on hand with uh, Alabama. Um, again, that's just one of those teams where we have the pitching compared to what they have. Um, we have the hitters. Uh, it, it's going to be more up here uh, in that ball game. Is we have to we have to get the hits that we didn't get um, in the uh, two ball games against Texas. Um, we really need to have um, pitching. Uh, not just from Gottschall and from uh, Ashley Rogers, but uh, we need to have we need to have uh, pitching all around. Um, but I'm very excited for where we are and uh, what we have potential of uh, doing in the uh, NCAA tournament in Oklahoma City. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think ultimately, I, I think uh, just short story is this going to come down to how this game's called. You know, I think uh, if uh, a lot of our pitchers like that slide across the plate top inside pitching, uh, if we get the corners, I, I think we're hard to beat. Uh, if they if they don't want to call those corners, I think we could have some some work cut out for us. May have to get a little creative, but uh, uh, I think you just uh, keep on keeping on. 
Uh, what's good about this Lady Vols team is they attack the plate. You know, we talked about that on the baseball side, uh, but this uh, this Lady Vols bunch likes to go up to the plate and hit, and as long as they do that, uh, I think the pitching will take care of itself or pretty deep in that area. So wish them the best. They actually play uh, – uh, I think they actually play tomorrow. Uh, they play tomorrow either noon or 1 p.m., so uh, uh, we'll see what the Lady Vols have early uh, in their matchups. But, again, uh, Omaha's – or not Omaha, but Oklahoma City – is not a uh, it's not a one and doneer uh, as they uh, you know if they win then obviously they stay in that winners bracket they lose they drop to the losers bracket and have to fight their way back but uh, we're gonna hope for option A in that in that regard but I uh, wish them the best moving forward but really uh, the headline for us uh, a little bit uh, not necessarily to the Omaha or to the World Series step yet uh, just starting regional play this weekend uh, balls uh, since our last show really. Uh, had made their way to Hoover, and I uh, uh, hope they didn't really unpack their bag very much because they went home as quick as they got there. Uh, A&M unable to really get anything going against A&M's pitching staff that night or that day and uh, got sent home after the one the first-round exit there. Uh, but really, Ben, you know, the more – the farther I get away from that game, and, you know, you and I talked about it, you know, it's, it's the same thing with Tennessee basketball. How much fuel are you using – in a conference championship that, yes, has a beautiful trophy. Yes, we were the reigning champ. But realistically, we showed last year you can win that and still not make it to Omaha. So, uh, you know, I, I liked – I didn't like the way we exited. I thought we looked um, – not that we we haven't had this going on for a good part of the season. Uh, we looked mortal. Uh, we looked like we there's a way to pitch to us to where we can't hit. And I, I don't like the way that looks – uh, in the last couple of years, that's it. Didn't matter if you in, this side of you know Glavin, Smoltz, and Maddox, you you weren't going to get Tennessee not to hit the baseball. And so I didn't like that A and M kind of showed a way to do that. But um, coming into Friday night's matchup uh, with with Charlotte in the Clemson Regional, I love that we're a hundred percent healthy. I, I love that we're a hundred percent rested. I love that. Uh, really, in in a lot of ways, this little gap's the longest streak of break that we've had since maybe early March. To me, we may have hit the reset button at the right time. Yeah. You know, we talked in, in previous episodes that we were hoping that a bullpen game would have been played in the first game at Hoover um, to protect some of those pitchers. Um, the last two teams in the SEC to win the – win the national championship uh, didn't have an SEC tournament title ring on their finger. Um, so he comes out, he pitches Halverson, Sewell, Russell, Sechrist. And, and, you know, look at, look at it from this perspective. These guys, they only gave up five hits uh, combined for 11 strikeouts. Uh, so they did an excellent job pitching. Um, we just didn't have the bats. Uh, the bats just couldn't get going uh, there in Hoover. But I like uh, Tony V's uh, strategy. Uh, down there in Hoover, and it puts us in position to where, you know, we have to win on the road, and uh, we are, we are without a doubt, the critics have already come out and said this, we are the most vicious number two seed in all, in in this NCAA tournament. Um, I can guarantee you that the, that uh, Clemson and uh, Charlotte um, and Lipscomb do not like the fact that not only do they have to worry about whether it be Clemson or the other two ball clubs, 
but they got to worry about the University of Tennessee, which arguably could have been seated um, in the top 16. Well, you, you know, and I honestly think, you know, we beat Texas A&M and, and have a good showing against Arkansas the second game. Uh, I could have I could have easily seen us be that 16th spot, but uh, that wasn't to be. Uh, but really kind of interesting how the seeding happened. You know, Ben, we, we talked about that a little bit. All signs pointed to either Terra Hot there at Indiana State, uh, either that, Wake Forest. Uh, there was a couple other, even Miami was a landing spot. You know, could they have gotten the ACC championship? But but really, Clemson wasn't on the table. And uh, the way it all shook out by the time it happened, uh, we're in the Clemson bracket in old upstate South Carolina uh, with, with arguably – uh, one of the the, I, I don't want to say the best teams in the nation, but by far maybe the hottest team in the nation. Yeah, yeah, this is a team that um, is close to forty five wins on the season, um, and without a doubt, the number three, arguably the number three or number four best team in the country. Um, At this and, time, yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know. Um, there were other brackets uh, that we could have, I think that we could have been placed in, but I like, I like the fact that this is a challenge for us. And if we can, if we can build our confidence going into uh, Doug Kingsmore stadium and, and win at Doug Kingsmore, I think it'll give this team the confidence that they need going into super regional. Well, my opinion is, is, you know, the old, uh, the old Ric Flair adage, you know, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, uh, Clemson's got 16 straight victories in their pocket, including an ACC championship. Uh, they've won 26 of their last 29 ball games. Uh, you know, that's a pretty impressive streak in itself. Uh, and, and realistically, I, I don't know. We, we've seen the path. Uh, you know, I even remember two, two years ago, not last year's team, but two years ago when we walked it off against Wright State and Lindsey Nelson. Don't get me wrong. That ended up pushing us to a place to where we could get there. But, you know, we had to walk it off against Wright State. Let's put that in perspective. So, to me, why why wait? Why wait to play a really good team? Because ultimately, what you can gain from competing and, and possibly beating a Clemson right now is you're looking and saying, listen, guys, if we get to Omaha and we're in the top eight, we probably beat the number four team in the country couple couple nights ago a couple weeks ago you know and so to me let's let's push our chips in right now we may not have the prettiest hand that we've had all night or that we've had all season but to me like i said what i love about the early exit in in hoover is we have a full bullpen of healthy arms we can pitch whoever we want to throw uh, we can run a lineup out there that that's been proven. Uh, you know, Coach uh, Coach Vitello talked about in his press conference earlier in the week. Honestly, this team's been stricken with illness as much as they've been stricken with injury. And so finally, uh, Charlie Taylor come back yesterday. He said uh, said he's ready to go. So finally, maybe a healthy ball club. And I think you know, uh, Clemson's Park plays a little bit like Lindsey Nelson, maybe a touch bigger. I don't know that they get much smaller, but, um, you know, I think it plays a touch like Lindsey Nelson. So if we can get some pop on the baseball, uh, we may we may ask Clemson to see if they can keep up. But uh, I guess first order of business is getting by Charlotte, uh, kind of doing what we need to do there, uh, and then, then let the chips fall where they may. But I, I don't uh, – I've said this for weeks on end, and, and honestly it sounds like I just hit repeat on my same phrase. But I think Tennessee can't – they can't look about how to get out of this super re- or get out of this regional 
how to get to a super, or even mention the word Omaha, we got to worry about how to beat Charlotte Friday night, six o'clock. Yeah. And the university you touched on at the university of Tennessee, um, they're right around that four mark on earn run average. And, uh, you know, I look at that number, um, compared to Charlotte, who's more 4.5 and they're pushing, they're pushing with their starters in the upper 4.5. So that tells me that their starters have games where throughout the season, um, They've had, you know, six or seven runs. And again, these are earned runs. So these are, so they've given up, you know, six or seven earned runs during the season. Um, and there's been very few times that they've allowed uh, just three runs against them. Whereas the University of Tennessee, um, when you're down there in the upper threes, lower fours with your starters, that's more in, indicative of the fact that your pitching is not has had times where it sticks with a three or four run uh, gain to the opponent only um, and not so much giving up seven runs or giving up eight runs to the opponent. Um, so I think our, I think our pitching um, going into this regional uh, is going to be something to watch. Uh, obviously. I mean, Andrew Lindsay's pro is, is going to be the guy in game one against Charlotte. Um, I'll be curious how they play game two. Um, because, you know, inevitably you have to be, Tony Vitello is going to have to think about the what ifs, you know, what if, what if we win this game and we got to face Clemson? Um, so he, he doesn't want to put typically with what you'll see in the NCAA tournament is you won't see what you see during the regular season where you win the first game and then you pitch a dominant pitcher in the second game to, to, to square away the series. You see, uh, the dominant pitcher in the first game to solidify the first win. And then in the second win, you're just going for gravy. You're going, you're going for, okay, can we win two ball games and get in the championship series and force somebody to beat us on Sunday? Um, so I'll be curious to see what his pitching choice is if we win the first game um, and then and then second game. Who's it gonna be against Lipson? Yeah, and, well I think I think it's ultimately how that that shakes out, you know, uh Clemson, I watched a replay of the Clemson-Miami championship game for the ACC, and obviously both those teams are very talented this season. But uh, I'll be honest with you, and, and there's been times I haven't been impressed with our ball club, so let's, let's just kind of keep that clear. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Clemson as a dominant baseball team. It's a team that knows how to win. And, and then granted, in this time of the season, maybe that's all you have to do. But I'm going to tell you, this is a team that's only been off. Uh, they'll only have uh, about three, four days rest since their last ball game. We're going to come out of a nine-game break, so or a nine-day break. I'm sorry. So uh, that could be a lot of difference here, especially uh, based on their pitching staff, how they choose to to throw some things later in this weekend. Uh, but I, I think you you hit the nail on the head. How is Tony Vitello uh, going to pitch this staff? because he, he even said it. He said, we're going to treat this like a new opening day. He said it's a four-team tournament, and he said uh, he, he said the batting average is zero at this point. We've got to act like we haven't hit any home runs and just see where that takes us. But uh, uh, he says he likes the energy that his team's bringing uh, to practices, to workouts, et cetera. He said they've, uh, they've got a little bounce in their step. And I think at this time in the season, uh, if anything's bouncing, you got to be happy about it. That's right. Yeah, and – 
you talked a little bit about the dimensions of the stadium, and I want to bring up that point. Just talk about that for a minute, uh, Wayne. I'm going to talk about three dimensions here. I'm going to talk about Charlotte's uh, dimensions of their stadium. I'm going to talk about Neyland Stadium, or sorry, Lindsey Nelson Stadium. We're not, we're not going to hit home. We haven't been hitting home runs in Neyland Stadium, except for the 52-49 yeah. against Bama. Right, um, right. But uh, well, I'll talk like about Clemson as well. But I think I think this is very important. Um, you know, Charlotte has 97 home runs to our 114. Okay, so we hit more bombs. The guy you got to watch out for for Charlotte is Cam Fisher. This is a guy who uh, is on record for hitting a 478 foot home run this season, um, which is incredible with that bat, uh, that BB core bat, and. Uh, 30 home runs on the year, a 352 average. Uh, so this is this is the guy that we're going to have to pitch through. Now, in his stadium, um, let's let's give you the baseline first. 320 for Lindsey Nelson down the left field line, and then you've got 320. So really short down the lines, 320 and 320 down the lines, um, and then of course everybody's aware it's 390 to dead center. Um, we're going to Clemson. Clemson's 400 dead center. Okay, um, Charlotte is the same as us, 390 dead center. But uh, where Charlotte gets the advantage is down that right field line that Cam Fisher hits all those home runs, um, he usually has to hit a 335-plus home run. That's a 335-foot home run down that right field line, 335 down the left field line. So a little bit deeper in their home ballpark. Um, so... I think you'll you'll see and you'll see the 320, um, you'll see 330 down the right field line, at at uh, beautiful Tiger Field is what it's called. Um, I don't know why they call it that, but it is what yeah. it is. I don't know. There's probably if if I had to guess, there's probably another team that has Tiger as a as a mascot, and that's what they call their baseball stadium. You know, because they call it Death Valley, and to me. There's only one Death Valley. LSU's got that that kind of lockdown, but you know I digress. But uh, looking at uh, looking at uh, looking at Clemson's overall schedule this year, and I'm trying to pull up Charlotte's just because. Uh, again, I I don't know. I, I just feel like playing in the Southeastern Conference. You feel like you're going to see Clemson at some point, but uh, I got to back it up because uh, we we talked about it. What was it? Uh, as soon as we knock off A&M, we're going to see if we can handle Arkansas. And that sure didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to pull up their their overall. They're 34 and 26 overall. Uh, they won their opening kind of a four game slate against Ball State, and they actually uh, they lost to Clemson just nine to five. I mean, so not a not a blowout by the Tigers over over the 49ers. Uh, then they lost a series to Army. Uh, then they got swept by Virginia Tech and then really kind of found themselves from there. Uh, then they, they kind of split with ODU. Got, had a game canceled there uh, for weather. Uh, then La Tech kind of split with them. It was a four-game stretch there. Uh, then they played Carolina. Uh, so it looks like they've kind of stayed around their, their own ballpark. But really um, won a series against UAB. Uh, one uh, a series against UT San Antonio. Uh, that's probably probably one of their more impressive, at least historically. Uh, they swept Rice, which traditionally is a pretty good baseball school. Um, really, other than that, they had another series with UAB, swept those guys. 
then then they got swept by Western Kentucky. So sounds like it's which which Charlotte team's going to show up because uh, looks like they can win them and then they can lose them in, in about as epic of a fashion. Uh, they swept Middle Tennessee. Uh, they swept them three games, three to two, fourteen to five, and five to two. That's that's a lot. Uh, then trying to see if anything else. That's that's basically any of their big. They played Dallas Baptist like a hundred times this season, and really just kind of half see there. Uh, but anytime I think you get above thirty wins in college baseball, that's pretty impressive. Uh, they did beat South Carolina uh, May sixteenth. They beat them the that midweek game right before we went down there and got got a hold of them. But uh, to me, it's a team that you can't overlook. It's a you know I, I'll put this and. And it'll make it even made me kind of cringe when I thought it. Uh, this is a Tennessee Tech. It's a team that's good enough to beat you. And if you don't hit the baseball, they're going to beat you. Uh, but I think you just you just kind of handle your own. Uh, a healthy baseball team, go to the plate, expect to hit the baseball, and then have good base running. I felt like uh, late in the season, especially the we could have swept South Carolina that last weekend, and really some poor base running and some bad decisions. Uh, let that last game get away from us. So, uh, to me, Tennessee's just got to handle their business, take care of of Charlotte, and then the chips will fall where they may. We see Lipscomb. Well, we've already beat them to ten to nothing earlier in the year, and then if we see Clemson, uh, I like when we play up to our uh, opponent. You think about it. Uh, we went down to South Carolina, and you and a and a few guys we talked to at work, uh, we'd be lucky to get away with one. And then we went down there, and honestly. Uh, if you didn't have a bad play at third base there one night, or sorry, first base, um, we probably we probably sweep the Gamecocks. So uh, I, I think this team knows how to play when they need to play. The problem is, is they had they don't have the consistency uh, to feel good about a long distance run right now. So uh, let's just take care of Friday night and then go from there. Yeah, Charlotte is a team that you know they they won that conference USA tournament and. Uh, they did it while having a shaky record on the road, you know, and, and very similar to us, both, both teams, both Tennessee and Charlotte below 500 on the road. Um, to me, I think the difference maker is that our pitching has held opponents to, to 290 average. Um, and, and looking at Charlotte's top three starters, uh, these are guys that are going to give up runs. Uh, it's very important. Um, that we set the right lineup. So I'm gonna kick one at you, Wayne. Uh, top, what would be your, what would be the top of your order? One, two, three. What do you think? So, so I don't know. A lot of people like Blake there being kind of the leadoff guy. I always thought he, he I liked him at the cleanup position. You know, mm-hmm. I think his, uh, I don't want to say he has an ego, but I think his just demeanor likes, he likes the moment. And so to me. I wouldn't have him lead off. I'd probably have. Now, are you are you giving me the option that everybody's healthy? Yeah, everybody's healthy. Okay, so I'd lead off with Dickey. To me, uh, Dickey gets on base. I mean, he's he's Freddie Freeman uh, of the college game. I mean, he just knows how to hit it, does what he needs to do. Uh, I like Dickey. I'd probably, um, just trying to think, um, I'd probably put, um, uh, why, am I, why am I drawing a blank? It's, it's the Scott. I'd probably put Scott maybe second, second or third. You can interchange these. Uh, and then I'm probably putting uh, – and you're probably going to be like, really, a freshman? But you're saying he's healthy. I'd put Kavarius Tears at three, 
and then I put Blake Burke at four. That's probably be my top four. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm, I'm a Dickey guy at one. Um, I think he, I think the reason why Tony Vitello um, goes with a Huna at at that number one spot over over somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he goes with Ahuna over Dickey in the one spot um, because he because Ahuna goes up there and he's not swinging at the first pitch. Dickey goes up there and he's swinging out of his cleats, man. I mean, uh, the guy's only got out of all the all the batters in the lineup, he's got 19 walks on the year, so he's not a guy that is going to sit up there and just watch the ball go by him. He's gonna he's gonna swing the bat. Uh, well, he's one of those guys that it's it's like a. His height, his stance, everything presents a strike zone that that pitchers can really work the corners on him, and because uh, he really doesn't stretch them at all. So I think that's why he's like, I'm not gonna get walked. It's not gonna happen for me. So I better put bat on ball. Yeah, he kind of looks like you know, remember that old Sega video game like Sonic the Hedgehog? Right before Sonic got really upset, and he just kind of crouches down and then <laughs> pops out of that crouch and uh, uh, you know, in me. You know, I actually do. You know, Sonic is kind of timeless. He's come back quite a bit. Uh, and my little boy, he's a Sonic the Hedgehog kind of fanatic. So, absolutely, I know that exact moment uh, that, that you're talking about. But I think in the middle part of the order, when I, I think about this lineup, because we did have inconsistencies at hitting, and I think it's I think it's a reflection of, of the lineup that we have because uh, we've talked in previous shows about how important it is to have that leadoff guy that gets on base and and it just brings out the confidence on two, three, four. Um, but but uh, you know Merritt's got to have a good series. Zane Denton's got to have a good series. When Merritt and Denton are hitting well, typically Burke follows suit. Typically Kavaris Tears, Christian Moore, that those guys follow suit. So I think it's important that. Our pitching does what it's done all year long, um, and that uh, we get off to a good start with our leadoff hitter. And that brings Zane Denton, Griffin Merritt up to the plate. They have they bring some confidence to the lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I like Griffin Merritt. I, I think he, he's a gamer. I think he, uh, he likes the moment a little bit himself. I, I don't know that he necessarily gets put in enough situations to where he can really make it work for him but I, I like him just making sure that i gave you uh, my best uh my best foot forward in that top of the lineup honestly the only the only thing i may do i still like christian scott up there uh but i, I would probably you could interchange malia huna uh you know with that but i still like dickie at one burke at four yeah. uh, i think that that's i wouldn't change that um but I think I think you know you talk about Griffin Merritt, but uh, another guy that I'm just uh, I'm real high on, and I hope that he gets a good amount of uh, reps in this postseason to kind of uh, hopefully just get him ready uh, to uh, to hopefully do a little something something moving forward. And that's Dylan Dryling. I really I really like what he does. I I think at his best, uh, he's a, he's a really good ball player right now with a lot of upside, uh, and I think he's just he just needs a uh, well, NASCAR calls it uh, laps in seat. Uh, he just needs some laps in seat. Yeah, um, number one prospect in the state, Dylan Dryling, and uh, arguably the top prospect in that recruiting class coming to D1 baseball. Um, young kid, 
showing a lot of promise in 92 at bats. He's already got, looks like seven bombs, 304 average. I mean, as a freshman. Um, so he's kind of showing uh, glimpses of what Blake Burke showed us last year at this time. He's showing that, you know, a, a year in the gym, working on uh, building that muscular uh, strength that he needs to be um, a pick in the major league draft. He's going to show, uh, he's going to turn some heads next year. Yeah, I think absolutely. But, you know, ultimately, uh, it's what you put on paper. It's what you what you do on the field. Uh, Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, Tennessee plays Charlotte. And then from there, uh, the bracket will take care of itself. But, uh, but Ben, I think Tennessee gets to take care of Charlotte. And then I, I think they're playing – uh, I think they're playing for a region championship. I, I really do. Uh, now, how that shakes out, it, does Clemson, and did they leave their best baseball in the ACC tournament? I sure hope so. Uh, but uh, I think the proof's going to be in the pudding. Uh, I like um, – I, I don't know why. I, I like being in this bracket. I, I like uh, – I feel like if we went to Indiana State, people are going to be like, who's Indiana State? Why are we playing Indiana State? And then we would kind of – it would be a bigger upset because ultimately we don't know how to get up for those teams. I mean, listen, that's that's Tennessee athletics. I mean, just think about it. Uh, but uh, I like that Clemson's hot right now. I like that it's our backs are against the wall. Uh, we we had the opportunity to be a, a much higher placed two seed, uh, and we ended up at Clemson. So I hope uh, I hope Tony V uh, gets them fired up with a lot of this bulletin board material. But ultimately, uh, once the once the the opening pitch kind of happens, I think we got to put all that behind us and just if we play if we play nine really good innings of baseball, I don't think there's many teams in the country that can beat us. Yeah, I've got uh, Tennessee to win against Charlotte, and and here's here's the stats that will drive you to go go along with what Wayne and I are saying here. Um, Andrew Lindsay a two point five four earn run average. Okay, and. And being a baseball, being a baseball guy, that's telling you right there that typically he's only going to give up two earned runs. Very rarely in a six or seven inning ball game is he going to give is he going to give for four runs up. Okay, and and with that being said, the Arsenal Chase Burns is going to be sitting there waiting in the bullpen, and this well, is he's going to be upset. He's going to be upset because his last outing wasn't a good one. Yeah, so. We're going to have a full arsenal against Charlotte, and Tony Vitello is going to use everything that he has to win convincingly against Charlotte. And then going into that second game, it all depends on Lipscomb versus Clemson, what happens there. And, you know, typically, like I said, you, you, try, to, you try to save your best pitching for potential. It, it, you know, throughout the College World Series, throughout the regional, throughout the Super Regional, the game evolves, and as the game evolves, you have to make decisions about tomorrow. Um, and and we saw that we saw that last year in the Notre Dame game, Chase Burns was pitching, and that was the discussion with Tennessee fans. That was the discussion with the announcers: Are they going to continue with Chase Burns? Are they thinking about tomorrow? There is no tomorrow, um, so it's going to be exciting times, Wayne. A lot of drama, a lot of suspense, and you and I are going to be right there watching. Yeah, and what I love is is the longer we get into this Tony Vitello era, he has more history to draw on. Uh, you know, I, and, and you know, some would argue, you know, pulling uh, Dolander in in uh, was it the was it the South Carolina series, I, or maybe it was the Kentucky series? I can't remember. I but uh, right. he pulls, but he pulls him early. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then the wheels fall off, uh, and then we don't get the sweep there, and then you know other things have happened. But I think Tony Vitello, between Notre Dame series, between uh, going out to Omaha a couple years ago, uh, he continues to build that uh, that that portfolio. He and Frank Anderson can kind of converse, uh, and I think as long as they both stay in the baseball game, uh, <laughs> they'll they'll have their best shot of winning. So uh, I, I like the squad we're taking down there. Uh, I can't say that I don't. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you, you got to dance with what got you here. And, and right now it's a young baseball team, uh, but that's had nine days rest. So just make the most of that. Uh, go knock off the 49ers, the ones from Charlotte, not San Fran. But uh, and, and then just uh, then try to try to shock the world and, and knock off Clemson. But uh, I, I don't you know, people's going to ask me, they're going to say, well, you think if we win, uh, we host a super regional. I'll tell you after the weekend. How about that? <laughs> I just really think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it if it happens, uh, I think if we knock off the hottest team in baseball, it'd be hard-pressed. And if we do it in any level of convincing fashion, it'd be hard for them not to want people in Lindsey Nelson. But at the end of the day, how, how many times do we look too far forward? Let's just win a baseball game and then let that happen. And fans need to be prepared because it never fails. Number one seeds will fall on Friday night. Um, so uh, we're going to sit back, turn on the TV, and, and watch what happens there. Because as, as you alluded as you alluded to, Wayne, um, there, there's no guarantee that you are not going, that Tennessee is not going to host the Super Regional. That is, that is possible. It just depends on what happens in the brackets. It yeah, depends I mean, on what like, happens with the one and two seeds. Um, yeah, we don't want to look too far in advance. We want to take care of business right here. But uh, as a fan base, you know, we do dream a little bit and we get a little bit excited, 5249, um, <laughs> about the potential of being at Lindsey Nelson for a super regional. That'd be incredible. But uh, right, no, I'll, I'll tell you this. Danny White's not breaking ground on the second phase of Lindsey Nelson's update just yet. I'll say that. Uh, 20th ranked RPI in the country going into this uh, this regional matchup, so it's not far-fetched. Basically, 16 teams host a regional. We're number 20 in the grand scheme. So uh, four number ones fall. Uh, that's, all, that's all it's going to take. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out, but I think, I think we've kind of vetted this. You got anything as we finish up? I think we covered it, buddy. And we made time that we made it today. 34, 34 minutes. Look at that. We're going to, hey, here's the thing. Even the even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Uh, we've got, we're going to wish the best to the Lady Vols tomorrow. I believe it's 1 p.m. They're going to take on uh, the Crimson Tide. They have to go all the way to Oklahoma uh, to play a team that they've played in Knoxville and Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But anyway, yeah. that's, the, that's the nature of the beast. And the key with that series, the key with the College World Series for the Lady Vols is Gottshaw has shown that she will be there. Ashley Rogers has shown that she will be there. Pickens, the third pitcher in the rotation, we absolutely have to have Pickens. Um, you got to have those three pitchers because if we win against Alabama tomorrow night, we're facing the number one team in the country. We're facing Oklahoma. So it gets serious real quick, and we're going to need all the pitchers we got. I tell you, I'd, I'd do whatever it takes to get old Hawkshaw fired up because, man, when she yeah. walked around that mound, I'm like, I ain't doing nothing. I don't know what – she's mad around that mound. But uh, love it, love it. And, uh, again, uh, again, win one game. 
you know, and then and then let the chips fall where they are. You're in Oklahoma City. You're one of the eight best teams in the country if you don't score a run. And so let's just let's just go ahead and take down uh, big number one in Oklahoma. I don't I don't think it's out of the out of the question. And then obviously Friday night, uh, Tennessee takes on Charlotte in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, so we'll we'll just kind of let that happen. And uh, again, next week we'll give you kind of the the recap, the update, and hopefully. Uh, we're talking about two teams that are still playing a little bit. But, uh, again, thanks for the growth that we've had over the last couple of weeks, Grind on Sports. Uh, no, not, By no means are we viral, uh, but I don't really know what that means. I don't know what it takes to do that. But we're uh, we're definitely not, uh, not an entry pup as we have been uh, just a few short months ago. But thanks for everybody that's subscribing. Thanks for anybody who shared it uh, and getting their buddies to subscribe. Keep, keep doing that. Uh, at some rate, if we get to a – maybe a milestone, maybe a 5K, uh, we'll give away some swag, give away some stuff here on on the show. But uh, but until next time, uh, go Vols, but take care, be safe, and always grind on.